0: Hello, this is Meet the Writers. I'm Georgina Godwin. My guest today is a French novelist, screenwriter, journalist and director. His work in the antiques market in Paris inspired his award-winning first novel, The Portrait. Since then, his books have been translated into more than 20 languages and have even caught the attention of Queen Camilla here in the UK. His 10th novel, An Astronomer in Love, also a huge prize winner, takes inspiration from the true story of King Louis XV's astronomer, Guillaume Le Gentil, and beautifully combines it with a modern-day Parisian love story. Antoine Laurent,
1: welcome to Meet the Writers. Hello, Georgina. It's a pleasure to be here and to talk a little bit of uh, literature with you.
0: I have to tell you what a minefield that opening was for me, because my French pronunciation is appalling, as one listener as no, no, pointed your, out.
1: Your French pronunciation <laughs> is very good. My, my English is very bad.
0: No, your English is perfect, and it's wonderful to have you here. I want to go right back to your beginnings, because you were born in Paris in 1972, yeah. uh, into, into a literary household? Uh, My
1: parents used to to read a lot, yes. They were very involved in art and uh, it was very usual to talk about books at home Mm -hmm. during the dinner, yep.
0: And is that what inspired you to study film? Films, yes. It was interesting for
1: me because I was at the university and it was more focused on the screenplays. And screenwriters and the screenwriting. So I've, st- I've started to learn how to write a screenplay. So that was very interesting. Then after, at the end, uh, I'm, a, I'm a writer for books. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, it's important, you know, to have a, a beginning, a middle and a hand and to have interesting characters. Absolutely. So this is the narrative way.
0: Mm. Now, you worked in the antiques market. Why was that? Oh.
1: Well, it was was a moment in my life. I've done that. I was the assistant of an antique dealer in Paris. And I said I could do that little job during one year. That could be interesting. And in fact, it took me 10 years. And that was a very good moment of my life. It's very interesting uh, to open shop, you know. You never know what kind of customers you will have. It was in in a very old district of Paris, the old Paris, it was very interesting, and I'm still in, connected with uh, the dealer. He's retired today with uh, his wife, and uh, he used to read my book. When I wrote the first book, the portrait, he was very happy for me, and but uh, he told me, "Well, you know, I know you're not going to stay my assistant anymore." No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I mean, that working as his assistant was it what inspired the book?
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was interesting because I wrote the book in the shop. Did you know, in an antique shop, you have many customers during one hour, and then you have three, four hours with the shop completely empty. So I had my laptop and I was writing the book.
0: I wonder what it feels like to be in such close communication with these artefacts from the past. I think
1: that's why in some of my books there is a connection with something like uh, the President's hat. it was the hat, uh, the Red nut book, it's, it's the little Red nut book, and the handbag. Well, I think the, a snuff box will belong to someone from centuries and centuries ago. There's a little something of the soul of the owner inside. Yes,
0: And that communicates itself to you somehow. And, and you get it on the page, as you do in An Astronomer in Love, where, of course, the conduit is the telescope. Yes. Now, that book did incredibly well, your very first book, and you're now on your 10th. Along the way, you've won various awards. And some of those won't be familiar to British people, but some of them will. You've, you've won some very big prizes. And I wonder how important that is to your development and your profile as a novelist.
1: Well, it's always a very good moment when you get an award, because it means you have readers and you have the professionals, and you, you can get an award, and it's, it's a good moment because it reminds you that you're a professional, you know, you are a real writer, because many times in this kind of profession, at home, alone, in front of a laptop, so sometimes it becomes a little bit unreal you know separate from the reality mm, yes
0: mm. I'm very interested in the in the French publishing landscape I understand where prizes sit within our British publishing scene but but in France how how healthy is new writing and and how important is acknowledgement well I think I think
1: if my books have good readers in the in UK. And you say it's because they are more international and they are more universal than usual French literature. Mm. I think.
0: Do you think it's true to say that a lot of French writing turns very much inwards?
1: Uh, the French literature is more, more from your life. You know, you're going to write a novel from your own experiments. But uh, I think British literature is much more involved in imagination.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. That's absolutely fascinating. So I want to talk about this book, An Astronomer in Love, because it focuses on a real person. So he is Guillaume Le Gentil. Good. Uh, and he was an astronomer. <laughs> Tell us about The Real Man. The Real Man, it's uh, the story, An Astronomer
1: in Love... For- For me, there is two stories in one book. So you have the story of Guillaume Le Gentil, the astronomer of the king. He was a real astronomer. His story, you know, you have what we call the transit of Venus. It's the moment where Venus goes through the sun. And it was the only way to know what was exactly the distance between the Earth and the sun. And that was very important to know that. So Guillaume is sent by the French king to Pondicherry in India because it was the best spot to see the transit of Venus. And so, of course, it's a very, very long journey to see the the transit of Venus, and he missed it. so, (laughs) And he decided that's completely crazy thing the the next transit of venus was 8 years later and the next 120 years after so he had one chance so he waited 8 years in the indian oceans waiting for the next transit of venus and he failed again <laughs>
0: yeah and this is all absolutely true it's completely true completely true and even
1: the end of the book. I'm not going to say all the end of the book, but it's also a love story because when he went back to France, everybody thought that he was dead since uh, many, many years. And he met a girl and she knew him since many, many years. She knew him since the 11 years he disappeared and uh, he married her.
0: It's a lovely, lovely love story. It is. As you say.
1: It's a real love story. And that is very true because on the net, you find many fake things about Guillaume Le Gentil, especially that when he went back, his wife married another man. But this is completely fake. He
0: didn't have a wife.
1: No, he was alone.
0: And his family, that was true, that his family had basically taken all of his inheritance.
1: Yep, it's very true. All what you can read in An Astronomer in Love about Guillaume, the astronomer, of the king is true
0: and did he write a book himself
1: yes he wrote two books two very very big books the first one it's 600 pages the second one it's 400 pages about his adventures it's <laughs> journey during uh, during 11 years in the in the Indian Ocean yes
0: he mapped the area yes. he documented the wildlife.
1: Yes, yes, of course. And it was very important. It was very important for the ocean... For important for the astronomy to know where where were exactly the stars and uh, he made many observations of, of many many things during 11 years mm. and uh, he he wrote those two books they are very rare and very very expensive to buy of course mm-hmm. yeah and mm-hmm. I, I had the chance to, to have the two books into my hands when I was uh, writing an astronomer in love
0: now as you say it's a double story because it also happens in contemporary Paris and your protagonist in that instance is an estate agent. I found it absolutely fascinating learning about the job of an estate agent in Paris. Have you ever... Have you done that kind of work?
1: No, no, I haven't. I haven't. But I wanted uh, um, a character very, very, very normal, you know, very contemporary, very involved in the city to make a bigger position with Guillaume Le Gentil uh, on the oceans. So that was interesting to have that guy. And, you uh, know, Yes, he finds the Guillaume telescope in in an apartment he just sold and uh, he brings the telescope back to his home on his balcony and through the telescope he can see um, the neighbourhood and uh, a girl and uh, he he starts to fall in love with this very mysterious girl.
0: I loved the peak that we got inside various Parisian apartments. And we're given the square footage, we're given the balcony space. We're given. So it seems to me from that, the sort of prime real estate in Paris would need to absolutely have a balcony. And if it has outdoor space, a garden, it's beyond worth.
1: Yes, it's uh, it's um, it's a typical Parisian apartment, yes. And that was interesting to have him because as a state agent, he can open many doors. Well, his apartment looks like mine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, in that case, I definitely want to visit you. It sounded absolutely wonderful. Yeah, when you were uh, in Paris. A, a really great apartment. Now, the fact that you, you juxtapose these two characters, the way you do it is really interesting because you do it sometimes... Mid-paragraph, almost but not quite mid-sentence. I mean, there's no break. Now I'm talking about this one and now we're jumping forward. The way you do it is so clever. How did you integrate those timelines? Uh, Well, it was the challenge because I was very interested
1: by the story, the real story of the astronomer. But I I did not want to write an historical book, you know, a full book which takes place in the the French 18th century. I thought it was a little bit boring and even even for me as a writer. So I I needed to find another way to write the story. And at some point, I, I thought if I had Two stories. So I have a chapter in the 18th century, a chapter today, a chapter in the 18th, a chapter today, and sometimes they mix it. And it has to be very fluid, very very easy to read. It's like the DNA symbol, you know, the spiral. Yes,
0: yeah, absolutely, the double helix going it, through it, the it, entire book. Yes, yeah, and you very much get a sense of that. I suppose what it felt like was you get on the top of the double helix, and like a slide, you're just whizzed through the whole story <laughs> because it is. It's easy to read. It's joyous. You feel uh, happy you. at the at the end of it. I think sometimes people mean it as an insult when they say this is a perfect holiday read. But I think what that means is it's, you can just sit back and enjoy it. Yes, but it's, it's a
1: compliment if it's a perfect holiday read, you know. I think today it's a little bit more difficult than a few years ago for the people to read and enjoy 250 pages of a book, you know. You have to catch their attention and... Uh, well, if it works for an astronomer in love, and uh, I, I particularly like the end; it's a very good end. Yes, yeah, yeah.
0: don't tell anyone. No. <laughs> <sh>. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about taxidermy now because that plays quite a big part in it. What's your connection to taxidermy? Well, I've been to the museum, uh, the French
1: Parisian Museum of Taxidermy, and there is a very famous shop in Paris called Derrol, and when I was a kid, I used to go there, and but well, that, that's very interesting, and it's. Interesting to see how the people are doing this work because it's very very delicate and it's a tribute to the beauty of the animals and which is very interesting is that yesterday I was in Tring and in Tring you have the historical natural museum so I've been there and it was possible to see the the dodos and zebras and many many things they are in the in an astronomer in love so there's a beautiful museum about Take Sidi in uh, in Tring. So, I had so hello, absolutely no idea.
0: <laughs> no idea. Yes. I'm going to go and have a look. It sounds uh, extraordinary. Yes, it's wonderful. Because the, there's this bizarre scene where he's looking through the telescope, and he sees this beautiful woman, naked woman, with a zebra, who he thinks is alive. Yes, of course. <laughs> of course. So I mean, it does kind of slip in and out, and and in fact, you've got you've even got butterflies in it, as in Gabo. It's very there's an element of magical realism in it.
1: It is, yeah. The butterfly, yeah. There's a special chapter where a butterfly, a blue butterfly, is probably the symbol of the soul of one character uh, who died a few moments before. And, yes.
0: Were you deliberately echoing Marquez?
1: Well, I wanted to write a little bit magical book, you know, it has to be like a fairy tale, an astronomer in love. So there's little elements from a fairy tale, but it's a real fairy tale.
0: Yeah. It's also a book about Self-discovery.
1: It is. It is because I think it's a self-discovery for the astronomer and it's a self-discovery for the the character from nowadays. They all have something to discover about themselves, about what they want, what they really want, and it's a question for you it's a question for me it's a, it's the big question what do we want really and mm. what what's the life wants from us
0: well and also how much choice we have in it because the book is also about destiny it is yes.
1: It is. It's the question. It's it's destiny because it seems that the astronomer has a real destiny because at some point in the book, he met um, a very old man in Madagascar and uh, the old man told him, you're not, you're not looking for a star, my friend, you're looking for love and you will find love at the end of your very, very long journey. And he did. And he did.
0: (laughs) It's absolutely lovely. Now, let's talk about Queen Camilla. I'm sure that you were told after your meeting with her, or indeed even before, that you weren't allowed to discuss anything that she said. But it's a huge honour for the Queen to have chosen. I think it was only nine books she chose.
1: Yes, it was nine books. It was a list of nine books published by Queen Camilla on Clarence Who's website during the first lockdown. And I was very surprised to be on that list. And it was a great, great honor for me. And I was the only Frenchman, man, uh, the only French writer to be on that list. And I was between William Boyd and Dickens and... <laughs> Well, it was great, great honor and great privilege. And so after, I, I had a connection with Clarence Hughes and they wanted to do a little meeting with the writers, but after it was the second lockdown and the third lockdown. But well, at the end, it, it happened. And I was in Clarence Hughes and I've met Queen Camilla and King Charles the third. he was there. And it was a very, very special moment for me, very special moment. She's she's a very, very very good reader and she's doing a lot of reading and for 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 books mm,
0: because she obviously is a prominent figure here and she pops up all over the book world it's really refreshing to hear that she's doing the work she's reading the books she's a, a proper uh, yes. reader
1: oh uh, yes she's doing the work yeah. she's really very involved in books And I think it's very important today, you know, to be involved in literature, in uh, books, in writers, in bookstores and reading because we are in a very, very fast world. You know, today it's much more uh, the TikTok, the very small, short videos. So it's important to remind the, the people that books still exist and that reading, you have to take your time, open the book and free your mind with a book. Mm-hmm. Yes, and she she did it very well. Yes.
0: Uh, and, of course, the other writers on the list were there, bar the ones that, that yeah, were well, well, dead. W-
1: William Boyd was there,
0: but Dickens wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that's also another important part of literature, isn't it? That conversation that happens between writers. Yeah, it was
1: interesting. It was very interesting for me to talk with William Boyd. It was a very... It was a very special moment. Uh, Halif Shafak was there too, so that was a great moment at Clarence Ouse. Mm. Then uh, we had some correspondence. I have a few letters from Camilla, so they are framed in my uh, countryside home in uh, in Auvergne, in France.
0: How wonderful! Is there any figure like that in France, somebody who is really promoting literature and making sure that, for instance, children read, that libraries stay open, that kind of campaigning? Mm.
1: Some, yes, some, but I think it's it's less huge than Queen Camilla. It's some uh, authors or people from uh, journalists are doing that. But you, you have the Queen, so it's yeah. much more high yeah,
0: yeah yeah now just to finally when is the transit of venus again are we going to see it in our lifetime
1: no no it's not possible it's not possible the the last one was in 12 so it was pretty much 12 uh, years ago. So the, the next one will be uh, in 100 years.
0: Right. Well, speak for yourself. I might still be around. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, what are you working on next, Antoine?
1: I've just uh, finished uh, a new book. It's, uh, the book is published in, in France since uh, uh, less than one month. So it will be possible to read it in English in one year.
0: Um, what's it called? What's it about?
1: It's about a building. It's about a building and uh, the different floors in that building and the characters in the the first floor, the second floor, the third floor. And you have a mystery. You have a, a kind of a quest.
0: Well, I think it sounds wonderful. Do you know what? Like Queen Camilla, I think I am now an Antoine Laurent fan.
1: Thank you very much.
0: (laughs) This is really a lovely, lovely book. It's called An Astronomer in Love. It's by Antoine Laurent. It is published in English and French and many other languages. It's out now. And uh, many thanks for coming on to speak to me, Antoine. Well, it was a
1: pleasure. It was a pleasure.
0: been listening to Meet the Writers. Thanks to the producer Tamsin Howard and researcher Helmi Pillai. You can download this show and previous episodes from our website or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Georgina Godwin. Thank you for listening.